So I'm sure everyone remembers, because we always contemplate and remember everything pastors ever preached. Um, about two, three weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I started a series. Uh, little did I know how literal that series would be in our lives in a lot of different ways. Um, but I, I was talking about the analogy of a computer and how sometimes computers start to really slow down. They're not doing what you want. And I said, I could be a tech person because whenever you call someone for help, the first thing they tell you to do is shut it down and restart it. And how I felt like God was speaking to the church in this moment that now is a time for us just to reset. Because we've talked about the promise that I believe this is a season of fulfillment, that I believe that God wants to fulfill his promises in our lives. And I believe that this is a year of salvation in our church. And so for us, as we approach what God has, I want to be in optimal performance mode. I want to be ready to do uh, what God needs me to do. And I don't want any other applications that tend to slow me down going on in the background so I can't do what God wants me to do. And so I believe that God is calling us to a reset. And we talked three weeks ago about the reset of our heart or an eternal reset that is the reality of sin in our lives. That we have to be real about sin in our lives and, and we have to acknowledge it and we have to get rid of it. Because sin separates us from God. That's the essence of sin. And when I'm separated from God, I cannot be opt, uh, operating in optimal performance mode. And it's interesting because with that foundation... I'm a linear guy. That's a math term. I like to go A, B, C, and D. And I felt like once we got that foundation set, it didn't really matter which wall we built. There were a lot of different directions that I could go. There were a lot of different ways that I could go with the idea of reset. But I knew that when I preached on sin, I was stepping on people's toes. So I figured, why not just keep stepping on toes? I mean, I knew that when I preached on that, it was hitting home for people and, and myself at times, and it steps on our toes. And so I figured, hey, well, I got it. I mean, it's been a few weeks. Our toes have recovered. I'm just going to go ahead and step on toes again. Because the interesting thing is, biblically, there is a connection between the heart and another part of our body. And it's another part of our body that I want to talk about resetting today. There's several instances in Scripture, where it talks about the connection between the heart and the part of the body that, that I believe needs to be reset. And before I get to the Scripture, I'm going to pray for God's anointing on His Word. God, I thank You that we are here this day. And God, I thank You that You have plans for our lives. Good plans. Great plans. And God, I pray that we are reset so that we can, we can operate ideally in your kingdom. For us in this place today, God, I pray for our ears, for our mind, for our hearts, that we would hear, that we would receive, God, what you're speaking to us, that your very will would be accomplished. God, I yield myself, my words to you, and ask God for your anointing in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I was talking about the heart connection, Luke chapter 6. Verse 43 through 45 says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things 
out of the good stored up in his heart. I talked about that. That's the heart piece. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And I think if all of us had like a black marker, this next line is one that at times we would just like to kind of just mark out in our Bibles. Because that line says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If you want a litmus test for how your heart is doing, when I was in chemistry, a litmus test, that was you had these little pieces of paper or there was, um, there was phenothaline, which was an indicator that would show whether something was acidic or not. And, and these things, they tell you what the solution is. In our lives, oftentimes, what's coming out of our mouths is the greatest indicator of what's in our heart. And this morning, I want to spend some time talking about resetting our words. I'm telling you, James is going to tell us in a moment, this isn't the easiest thing to do. But it's imperative, and I'm going to talk about the power that's in it today. James chapter 3 says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Verse 6 says the tongue is a flame of fire. James has a really high perspective of the tongue. It's a whole world of wickedness. Corrupting your entire body. It can set the whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. So people can tame all kinds of animals. We can tame birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine fig produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. James has recognized that there's something about our tongue. I mean, James would say it's the key to good living. We can talk about a lot of things. But he says, once I get that tongue in line, I can get you to go wherever you need to go. If we're going to go where God wants us to go, we must tame this thing in our mouths. If we're going to be directed where God needs us to go, he talked about a ship or a horse, a bit or a rudder. If we're going to do what God desires us to do, we have to yield this thing. And I know James, what did James say about taming the tongue? You might say, Pastor, game set and match this sermon's over. James said it's impossible to tame your tongue. 
He's talking to you. <laughs> That's in yourself. It's impossible to tame your tongue. But we talked about resetting our hearts three weeks ago. When I allow the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the regeneration, when I become a new creation in him, I'm able to do what was once impossible. So yes, for me or you, I'm going to fail every time I try to tame my tongue. But when it comes to God, when it comes to the power of God, when it comes to the power of the gospel, yes, I can. James, one more time, when I'm talking about your tongue, those who consider themselves religious, and that was a good thing in this context, it wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to be considered religious anymore, it's become a bad word. And yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, they deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. I'm telling you, your tongue is an indicator of what God is doing in you. And when I stop and think about what my tongue has been speaking, when I stop and think about the words that have been coming out of my mouth, I wonder what kind of painting you've been making this week. What have the words that are coming from you looked like? Are they things like fear? Are they things like doubt? Are they, are they constantly about sickness or death or slander or lies or vulgarity? What is coming from your mouth? If we could paint a picture, if we could write a book, a book with the words you said, would you be willing for the church to read it this morning? Ouch. Or are your words things like faith, like love, like praise and life? Are they things of perseverance, of truth and hope? You see, last week we talked about prayer. Remember the, the, the conversation on prayer. And as a pastor, I, I implied or, or I even stated that I believe prayer is an underutilized weapon. It's a weapon that God has given us, and I picture a gun when I picture a weapon. He's given us a gun, and none of us are using it. We're chasing down animals with rocks. And we're making ourselves look foolish because he's given us a gun, which is prayer that's powerful and effective. Now the opposite end of the spectrum is our tongue. And what I picture when it comes to our tongue is, is a little kid with a gun that doesn't know the power that's truly there and they're waving it around and they're playing with it and they're not recognizing how powerful it truly is. Your tongue is powerful. Your tongue is dangerous. What? Are you doing with what God has given you? You know, James said the tongue is powerful enough to move you. It's powerful enough for, for, for direction. But I want to tell you this morning, there's power in your tongue. What kind of, uh, of power? There's the power of life in your tongues. If you want to read about the tongue, I'm going to tell you something. The book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. Every scripture I'm going to use for the next several is going to be from the book of Proverbs. Why? Because there's wisdom in taking care of this thing that's in your mouth. If you want to be wise, look at your tongue. There's the power of life in your tongue. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue has the power of life and death. 
Man, we need a tongue safety course. You know what I'm saying? We do gun safety courses. We need a tongue safety course. And some of y'all need to take a class for your concealed carry. Some of you just carry it open carry. You're not worried. You know what I'm saying? And why are we more worried about the, 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 the gun that we carry than the tongue that's in our mouth? This scripture in Proverbs, this is a, the wisdom of Solomon says, your tongue has the power of life and death. Your tongue has the power to bring someone life. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs 25:13 says, Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the one who sends him. He refreshes the spirit of his master. Do you believe that your tongue is life? Do you believe that your tongue can bring refreshing? Do you believe that your tongue is a fountain that can satisfy the thirst that someone else is going through? I want to tell you, the power of life is in your tongue. You are called to be a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are called to share the truth of his love to others. That power is in you. You know people who are dying. You know people who are broken. You know people who need help. Yet, we remain silent. The tongue is, is powerful. Not only does it bring life, it brings value. Proverbs chapter 10, 20, the tongue of the righteous is of choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. Gold there is and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. I want to tell you, your words can be valuable. This said like a rare jewel are the lips of a righteous person. That's one who's speaking what God has given you. There are treasures in your tongue. So many times we devalue our words. I got nothing to offer. I've got nothing to say. Let me ask you something. What has God done in your life? Let me ask you something. What has God taught you? Let me ask you something. What are, what are some things that God has shown you? Because I will tell you, that is a rich that I cannot put a price tag on. That is of a value that, that others need. Your words are valuable. Because they bring nourishment. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but the fools die for a lack of judgment. Pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. I just don't think we recognize how powerful our words are. I just don't think we recognize that, you know, Jesus said he was, he was the bread of life and, and he's speaking these things and we recognize how valuable his word is. But what about what Jesus Christ has done in you? 
And finally, there's wisdom in your words. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be cut out. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the heart of the fools. Your tongue is absolutely powerful. There's wisdom in your words. I'm talking to Levi when I say there's wisdom in his words. I'm talking to Quaid when I say there's wisdom in his words. Why is there wisdom in their words? Because of what Jesus Christ has done in their life. And if we've reset our hearts, these promises are in each one of us. There is wisdom. There is nourishment. There, 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 there is direction. There is, there, is, there is life that comes in your words. So use them. Because a lot of times, we're not seeing the positive effects, but we're seeing the dangerous things. An evil man is trapped by a sinful talk. And a righteous man escapes troubles. A man of a perverse heart does not prosper. He whose tongue is deceitful falls into trouble. A lips fools, I love this verse, a lips fools bring him strife and his mouth invites a beating. Have you ever been there? Where your tongue was dangerous? And you said something you knew you shouldn't say? A fool's lips bring him strife. His mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his undoing. His lips are a snare to his soul. Your words can be absolutely dangerous. This is where I don't think we recognize how, how, how powerful our words are. Until it gets out there. And then we're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know what I'm saying? And it just doesn't work. Because we done screwed up. We're supposed to say, he was robbed, we was robbed. Is that what it said? Sunday school this morning? Our words are dangerous because they can bring dissension. Reckless words pierced like a sword. Think about that for a second. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. Have you seen that? My story of reckless words, I always, I've shared this before, and I'll share it again. My brother, when we were young, he had a learning disability. He was no uh, um, dumber than me. But because he couldn't read, the, the, the teachers and the people in his life, they told him he was dumb. Those words caused danger. They caused dissension in his life. They caused issues that traveled with him, I believe, even up until this day. Because they didn't recognize how sharp their words truly were. Every time I preach on words... I see the face of a girl I went to high school with who I was mean to. And every time I want to call her, I've already called her up and apologized, but every time I want to call her and apologize again because I said mean things and I don't want my words to continue to harm and hurt. Your words can cause dissension and they can bring destruction. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked it's destroyed. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 
a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who pours out lies will perish. Your tongue is powerful. The power of life and death are in your tongue. What are you doing with what God's given you? Maybe you don't want to focus on what you're doing, but maybe you should focus on what could you be doing with what God has given you. You know, I truly believe it's not just me, but I truly believe it's each one of us. We really need to be intentional about what's happening with this thing. And if we don't like what this thing is speaking, if we don't like what's happening in here, then we better start looking at what's happening in here. And if you want to know how do I tame this thing right here, if you want to know what do I do about this thing, I'm going to tell you to get closer to God and start experiencing Him more and more. I'm going to tell you to ask God to help you. I'm going to say, God, you know, I I can't do this by myself, but God, He can. And I'm going to leave you with this charge in the book of Ephesians. It says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. What if I thought, is this helpful? for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, just as in Christ God forgave you. You know, I believe that the body of Christ could look completely different if we were really intentional about what was coming from here. I believe that homes could look completely different if mothers and fathers were intentional about what was coming from here. Or husbands and wives. I believe workplaces could look completely different if we were intentional. And you know what? People may not even recognize it at first. But you're speaking life. You're speaking wisdom. You're speaking value. You're bringing nourishment by your words. I believe that we can change the world if we reset what's in our mouths. This morning is an opportunity for a couple uh, gentlemen to, to use their words. When we do baptisms, what's the point of baptism? Yes, it's, it's to be obedient to God. He says to repent and be baptized, yes. But what is the point in baptism? It's an outward expression of what God has done in us. It's a public proclamation of what God has done. What what is involved in a public proclamation? That might be your words. You know why I love baptisms? Because I get to hear the testimony of people who've been touched by God's love. That's what's powerful in it. That's what brings a profound sense to this moment. That's why I want it to be on Sunday morning when other people are here so we can all hear. I'm going to ask Walt and Carrie to come up and 
And, and the way this transition is going to go is I want you to stop and think about what God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe there was a scripture that resonated with your heart. They're going to lead us in a song of worship, and we're going to get ready for the baptisms. But to you this morning, I just encourage you to, to check, to do an inventory, a litmus test of your words. And if you think that something needs to be changed, then ask God to give you the strength to do what he needs you to do. If you guys get that picked out, you can come up here. (laughs) I did warn them, by the way. But he didn't know my sermon, so now he's got to pick it out according to that. I'm going to pray for us all. And uh, Dave and Brent, if you can begin to get ready after I say amen, that will give us time. Father, we thank you so much for this day and this word. I thank you, God, that, that I can have the assurance of power that I can have the assurance of wisdom, that I can have the assurance of love and life, the the, the assurance of nourishment and value that come through me. God, I thank you that I'm worthy to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray for us all, God, that you help us with our tongues. I pray, God, that, that we would align our tongues with your will that we would submit them, that we would reset them, God, that we would allow our heart to truly be revealed by what we're speaking and saying. Holy Spirit, illuminate. Holy Spirit, help us to be honest, maybe not with others, but with you today. In that moment that we have as as we spend some time in worship, God, I pray that our hearts would be truly revealed, that our words would be illuminated and we could recognize, God, maybe there's some areas where I've got to work. Maybe there's some dangerous things that I've been speaking, some divisive things, some devastating things. And God, I pray that you would fill our hearts with your love this day. That there would be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus in this place, but God, we would recognize what we can do moving forward. Holy Spirit, speak to us in Jesus' name.